Well, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is uh, Pastor Arthur, and uh, let you know who I am. And uh, we're excited that you're here tonight. We're excited to be here, and uh, we uh, want to open up in a word of prayer. We're going to be studying out of chapter twenty-nine, out of the out of Mark Moore's Core Fifty-Two. And tonight is chapter 29, it's on rest. And so I, I was gonna just put a sign up that said, tonight's chapter is on rest. And so I'm I'm resting and I'm not here, no. But uh, we decided to go ahead and share the message and the lesson. So uh, God is good, God is good. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you do in our lives. and. We just give you praise and honor and glory for tonight, Lord. We ask that you would reveal your truths to us. We ask that you would be pleased with all that we do and say and all that we are. And we come before you, Father, to uh, even begin, Lord, by asking for forgiveness. Uh, for this is a message on rest and a message on the Sabbath and uh, uh, to which I am not qualified to um, to teach, um, but I am convicted in my spirit, Lord. And so as, as we go through this tonight, we make commitments to you to be in line with your word and your Sabbath and your rest. And uh, we thank you for it. We thank you for your grace, Lord. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for the gift of the Sabbath. And uh, I just ask that you would meet the needs of your people tonight, Lord, that as we as we watch from our homes or our phones, our cars, wherever we might be, Lord, that you would be glorified and honored in all that we are and all that we do. And, uh, and so we, we thank you and we come before you tonight in Jesus' precious name, <clears throat> amen. And God's people said, Amen. Give you a little uh, plug for our website, lm1church.org. So uh, you can check out some sermons. You can check out uh, calendars, things that are going on. And uh, <clears throat> stay stay plugged in. So that's, uh, that's what we got there. And... Since we're going to be teaching out of Mark Moore's book, we're going to give him credit. So uh, tonight, chapter 28, uh, excuse me, chapter 29, a chapter on rest. And uh, the passage that we use is G, uh, Mark, 20, Mark 2, 27 and 28. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And the question then becomes, well, how can I find rest? How can I, um, how can, where do I go for that rest? And, and what does that, that rest mean? You know, how do we get busy or how do we, we are busy and uh, how do we, how do we kind of get off of this busy treadmill of life, right? There's three um, 
points that we're going to look at tonight out of this chapter. One is the Sabbath, the only Eden we have left. Number two is Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath and a critical warning about keeping the Sabbath. So we're going to cover those three ideas as we travel this this lesson tonight that uh, out of core 52 and and so this is a good question because we're all busy we rise from one thing to another from one event to another event and we're you know monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday it's all busy it's all we're all uh we all have things to do and uh you know life is just crazy it's kind of like this this treadmill that we just can't uh seem to get off of and and how, how, how do we do that? How do you get rest? How do you turn it off or slow down? Or what is the uh, purpose for you getting rest? And, and I, and I want to reiterate um, this chapter uh, convicted me and spoke to my heart. And I recognize that... Um, that this has to be a part of my life as not just as a pastor, but as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as a follower that God has given me, as he has made me a part of his family. He has, we're going to look at the gift that this Sabbath rest is and what it was intended for and why uh, we want to be able to um, participate and why we need to participate in it because um it's it's critical that we do that you know in the book mark said uh, pastor morris says you can change your schedule all you want but until you change your master you're you'll never find rest for your soul this paragraph uh yeah we we had to sit on this one for a few minutes uh, because you know in getting busy we can change and it, and it really speaks to okay well who is your master you know, am I re am I the master of my throne? Am I the one on in charge, um, or do I do I have do I really surrender everything to Jesus? My schedule, my calendar, uh, my time off, my my busyness, my uh, seeking out that rest that only God can give us, and. Uh, you know, unless we change our master, there will not be any rest for our soul. And I, I love that. Um, that, um, that just really spoke to me um, in a very powerful, uh, very, uh, just in a powerful way. So we, uh, we want to emphasize we want to emphasize that. What we have to realize is that God knew our need for rest and modeled a radical practice to ensure that we would enjoy it. And it's called the Sabbath. God knew what we needed, as he always knows what we need. And so he instituted this, uh, this practice called the Sabbath. He, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, um, we'll read it. By, uh, by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all of his work, which God had created and made. 
And so when we realize that on the seventh day, God rested, this was the the practical, the radical practical procedure that God is giving us. He's, he's demonstrating it. He, he, he lived it out. He showed us, hey, on this day, all those six days I worked, worked hard or did what I needed to do. And now I'm going to celebrate in that which I had created and uh, take a step back from all of that and, and, uh, and that's the example that, uh, that he has given us. It's the principle that he has given us. And, and God wasn't tired. He rested out of celebration of creation. And he embedded the Sabbath principle in the physical earth. We have to realize that God didn't, you know, we get tired. We rest because we get tired, generally speaking. We go and we go and we go until we just, we're, we're no longer the Energizer Bunny. We just run out of gas. And that's when we say, oh, I just need some rest, right? Or I need a vacation to get rest. And I need, uh, I'm just dog tired and I just can't go anymore. Well, that's not the principle for the Sabbath rest is not because you, you're tired. It's to celebrate what has been created. And in our chiseling out the time, that seventh day, and chiseling out that Sabbath time rest, it allows us to, uh, to, uh, to recharge our bodies, to recharge our minds, to recharge emotionally and mentally, to disconnect from all of the, the stuff, to get off the treadmill. That's, you know, and, and in doing that, it's not to not be busy, it's because God has given us a, um, he has given us a principle, he has given us an example, and that we celebrate that we have done. And uh, he has embedded this Sabbath principle in the physical earth. In Leviticus 25, three and four, six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard, and gathering its crops. But during the seventh year, the land shall have a Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field nor prune your vineyard. So even for the fields and the land and the earth, God instituted a, a Sabbath, a seventh year Sabbath. Exodus 23, 12, six days you are to do your work, but on the seventh day you shall cease from labor so that your ox and your donkey may rest and the son of your female slave as well as your stranger may refresh themselves. So this is a, an instruction that the Lord has given us. This is a principle, this is a commandment that the Lord has instituted because he knows what we need. He knew that we would need to do this. He knew that, that our animals would need to rest. He knew that, that our sons and our and our, our, our workers would, would need to, to, to refresh themselves. And we ourselves would need to refresh ourselves. And so we have to stop and we have to think, well, God must really knew, know what he's, what he's talking about. Or we say, well, no, God, God didn't really, he didn't really know uh, everything that I need. This is just a, a suggestion or a, an opinion. And uh, 
Um, I, I don't think so. I think that God instituted this very specifically, very strategically. And, and again, I'm, I'm on a, that was then, this is now mentality of my lack of Sabbath, intentional Sabbath resting. So uh, we are going to be intentional <laughs> about this. So uh, the principle is simple. Creation's greatest productivity is within a cycle that includes rest. So in other words, when we put the seven days together, the six days for working, the seventh day for that, for that uh, includes the rest. And, it, and it's basically, it's a principle that says we can do more in six days with God than in seven days without God. Amen to that. And uh, it's, it's like our tithe, the principle of our tithe. We can do more with 90% of our uh, income and our resources with God than we can do with 100% of it without God. And so, so these six days, you know, I mean, how many of you want to go to Chick-fil-A uh, after church on Sundays? <laughs> yeah, well, you can't because they're closed. And uh, they do six days. They do in six days what many of those other fast food chains do in seven. And so, um, you know, we can be mindful. We can take this principle. It's it's a matter of again, who's my master? Is it, am I gonna? Am I am I in tune with my master's uh, instruction and his? direction, um, his mentorship in my life. And, uh, um, and we have to be intentional to, to follow through with that. The Ten Commandments, there's two prohibitions against idolatry and the Sabbath work that makes up 20% of the commandments. But it takes up 60% of the text to explain it. And so, I mean, that's, that's taking two uh, of the uh, of the Ten Commandments and saying, hey, we're going to spend 60% of telling you about them, why these are here, what's my intentions about this. And it speaks about idolatry of materialism and refusal to rest from work. And now there, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with um, stuff, you know, and having nice stuff and uh, being blessed. But it's when it's a, a form of idolatry when the materialism is so much more important when the uh, when it, the refusal to rest. When no, I got to work six days, seven days, eight days, nine days, twelve hours a day, twenty-five hours a day, whatever you know, however many hours. When you just refuse to fall in line with the Sabbath, um, it gets into a. It, it's not even a gray area. I think it's a very black and white area where we say, well, I'm either just not willing or I'm not able uh, to do what God is asking me to do. And uh, I think in regards to the Sabbath, it becomes a am I willing question. Because we are all able. We are all able to uh, identify our schedule, to schedule the time of the Sabbath just like we schedule everything else in our lives. And, uh, <clears throat> and so we're, we're going to be very intentional about setting this in motion in our lives. 
Uh, we. Who's we're? Who's we? Me. I am. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, I always say we, and I get in trouble for it when it's, it's really just me being here. So, um, okay, I'm just talking about me, but I'm hoping that you're going to be with me. So <laughs> when we recognize God's ownership of our time and treasures, our two most valuable commodities, we live longer, we're more productive, and we're more generous. When we recognize, hey, who's the owner of my life, of my time, of my treasures? Have I really surrendered everything to God? Does he have access, full access, to everything about me and my life? And when we recognize God's ownership, that my time is God's time, that my car is God's car. My house is God's car. Well, literally, my house is God's house. And uh, uh, But all of the things, even if I earned the money and I bought the house, uh, it's still God's house. It's our two most valuable commodities. And when we recognize God's ownership over those, it takes away some stress. It takes away a lot of um, anxiety about them. And we live longer, we're more productive, and we're more generous when we can just give away whatever we need to give away, whenever we need to give it away to whoever needs it or whatever the situation or circumstances. And that might be your time. That might be your financial resources. It might even be a room in your house. Who knows? Whatever it is that you might need to give away or give up. One of the things that we realize is that Adam and Eve's sin brought consequences in the Garden of Eden. In other words, when uh, when God dished out the consequences, He said, "Well, okay, for you, you're gonna for the serpent, you're gonna walk on your belly now forever, and uh, and man's gonna till the ground and work from the the sweat of his brow, and the woman is going to have uh, labor pains in childbirth, and uh, and so we lost the freedom of that." as a consequence in the garden. But the Sabbath rest is the only part of Eden that we have left. God has, has, has allowed us to continue that. He has given that to us. He did not take that away as a curse. And, um, and that's, uh, that's a good thing. And so... Um, some of the things that we realized, now we're going to look at Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. And Jesus got sideways with religious leaders on many issues. In other words, he had some conversations with people. He had disagreements with people. But the Sabbath was his most frequent, and it had to do with Sabbath regulations. Jesus was more about the blessing of the Sabbath rest than the fretful list of regulations. In other words, the true meaning of the Sabbath. You know, we... Um, there's a list of things that they that the uh, the religious leaders would would put upon you in part of that uh, that Sabbath, and when Jesus came, he changed all of that. He said, "Hey, I am." Uh, well, he, for instance, he healed on the Sabbath. He healed a man with a shriveled hand on the Sabbath. He healed a woman that was bent over on the Sabbath. He healed a man with, a, with dropsy on the Sabbath. He healed a lame man at Bethsaida. 
He healed a, a man born blind and he did all of those things on the Sabbath because he was proving to them that he is, um, it's more about him and the Sabbath. It's more about the Sabbath. Humanity should be served by the Sabbath, not burdened by it. Wow. Jesus's point. Humanity should be served by the Sabbath. Even in my recognition of my failure to include the Sabbath on a regular basis in a, um, you know, there's no condemnation for that because I should be served by the Sabbath, not burdened by it. And so as, and especially from this lesson today, is, is understanding the blessing that God has given us, the gift that God has given to us because of the Sabbath and through the Sabbath, it's now not a burden. And it's a challenge for me of saying, okay, I'm, I'm not going to work seven days a week. I'm going to work six. I'm going to take a Sabbath rest. I'm going to take this day to look at my Lord and my Savior and to reflect and to celebrate and to be moved by Him and to understand that... Um, that he is the master of my schedule. And that he is, as Jesus said in Mark 2.27, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And so as I allow for that Sabbath to serve me, and it, it means that I have to adjust my schedule that I, I have to be intentional, that I have to, and it's not that I have to, but I get to. And, uh, and so do you. You get to um, carve out time as an offering back unto the Lord. And um, what a, what a great, what a, what an incredible gift that it really is. It's not a burden it's something, it's an, a reminder, it's a way for us to build continuity into our life because God knew, knows what we need. We need the rest. We need to stop and to turn it off and to, to get off the treadmill. We need to do that. And, and sometimes we don't because we're in the pursuit of, of um, stuff, things, positions, um, dreams, goals, all of those things. And those things will come. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that God has promised. And we get to rest in him. Amen. Jesus is reclaiming the Sabbath back from religion and giving it back to humanity. Jesus also ruffled some feathers with Mark 2.28 when he said, So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. That was not uh, received well. And the reason being, to claim control of the Sabbath itself was a claim to stand on par with God. And that's what Jesus did, and that's what he meant. Because he said, my Father and I are the same. We are one. And so since I am the Lord of the Sabbath, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath, I'm in essence saying, hey, I'm claiming control over the Sabbath. And uh, 
uh, and that that ruffled uh, some some feathers. But Jesus also brought compassion. He practiced compassion even though he was Lord in Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So in one sense, he's saying, hey, I'm on par with God. I'm I, The Son of Man is, is the Lord over the Sabbath. But at the same time, I want you all to remember, to realize that why I'm here is not to be served, but to serve. And so what a... What a fabulous connection of the two, of humility and of power and of strength, of authority uh, and of, of, of us giving uh, recognition to who is our master and our Lord. We want to look at a critical warning about God's, about keeping the Sabbath. In the Judaism of Jesus' day, God's gift of the Sabbath was turned into law through human regulations. It was a burden. It was a measure of righteousness. Instead, it was really a creational principle to be celebrated as a gift. And so we can turn things into legalistic requirements. And the Sabbath was was that in in the day as Jesus walked on earth. That's why they got so upset with him when he healed on the Sabbath and he did things on the Sabbath and he was he was reclaiming the purpose of the Sabbath and reminding and, and instructing and shifting their mindset to say, hey, this is a creational principle to be celebrated. As God celebrated on the seventh day, he, he did everything he needed to do on the sixth day, and he celebrated, and so should we. And so we need to be able to do that. The Christian life is not a contest to see who can follow the most rules. The Christian life is a life of celebration of walking with God, of identifying who our Savior is, who our Lord is, who our Master is, who, who we follow. It's not about all of these rules and regulations. It's about a relationship with Christ. It's about a relationship with, with God himself. Christian life. To see the fullness of who God is. And to be able to walk with him and talk with him and to spend time with him and to have intimacy with him, that's the Christian life. And when we don't honor the Sabbath, when I don't honor the Sabbath, when I don't take the time out of my week to really stop and, and embrace the fullness of the Christian life, the fullness of my relationship with God, and to just celebrate, then I shortchange the relationship with God. Colossians, Paul says, 2, 20 and 21, if you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why as if you were living in the world do you submit yourselves to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? Again, speaking in terms of, of all of the, the, uh, the requirements you know, and that's not what it's about. It's about 
our life with God found in Christ. See, we have to realize that what we avoid doesn't make us righteous, nor do, nor do religious practices that we observe. What makes us righteous is the blood of Jesus. What gives us right standing with God is his blood. We are saved by grace. There isn't anything that we can do. We can't write a check big enough. We can't um, do enough of the laws perfectly to make ourselves righteous. It is only by the blood of Jesus. And so even as we enter into an emphasis, a critical warning about keeping the Sabbath, realizing that the Sabbath was, was given to us for man, not man for the Sabbath, and that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. As we, as we embrace all of those and we embrace the gift that God has given us, that he's saying, I know how I made you. You guys need to rest. You need to stop. You need to get off of the treadmill. You need to turn off the phones and turn off the emails and turn off the text messages. And, and you need to, um, and you, uh, you need to trust God. That God is in the center of everything that you are doing and that you're about. You see, our religious acts, attending worship, praying, Bible reading, and keeping the Sabbath are God's gift to us, not our gift to Him. God allows us to have this, this opportunity to, to be with Him and to, to read His Word and to, um, to pray and to spend time celebrating what he does in our life. And when we neglect that, we suffer. And our relationship with God suffers. And so as we enter into an opportunity to pause during our week, see the Sabbath is a pause in our week to remember God, to celebrate His presence and, to, and His Lordship over our lives. And the Sabbath is a gift that we receive from Him, not an obligation that we check off. And uh, that's what I want to start with my life, is, is, is realizing that, wow, I, I need to just pause. Whatever day, whatever day it is that you can do that. And that we, that we do it not because it's an obligation, but we do it because we can. We get to. Because we, we see who He is in our lives. His Lordship, His presence. And we, we find rest. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for not for not um, following your commandments. Forgive me, Lord, for not 
recognizing the gift that you've given me. Forgive me, Lord, for for not giving you access to my schedule. Forgive me, Lord, for putting things or places or people ahead of you. Forgive me. We just, we praise the Lord tonight. We praise him and we thank him tonight. I hope that that tonight you've, I hope that you, uh, entered into a new moment in your life with God. I hope that you will embrace his Sabbath and enter into a intimacy with God that will that will move you and will guide and direct every step that we make. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for tonight. Thank you for this message, this reminder of the importance of the Sabbath, of the importance, not only the importance for us as as people, but as your people and the gift that you have given to us, that you have uh, expressed your love and your grace and that you are you are our Lord and our Master and you are the Lord of the Sabbath and you are the Lord and the Master of our schedules and so Lord we come before you tonight and we thank you for the gentle reminder that we need to um, honor our time with you, that we that you have given to us. And so I thank you, Father, for all that you do in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. May God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you rest. And may you move into a Sabbath experience. All righty. We'll see you on Sunday, 1045. And uh, thanks for being with us tonight. God bless.